Hello and welcome to the In The Can Podcast. Uh, yet again, my name is Devin and I'm here with... Jenny. Tom. And Jenks. And we are still in a house. We're upstairs this week. Woohoo! Yeah. And uh, anyway, nice, actually. how are all of you doing? Tired. Just long week. Very tired. Comfortable I'm not freezing in a basement. <laughs> You're not getting dripped on by my pipes down there? Nope, nope, not getting dripped on by the pipes. Yeah. What happened in this basement before I came here? <laughs> Is that you? Were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was James here when we went to record and my water heater exploded. So, oh. so the pipes were, instead of just being cold, were freezing. So the condensation on it was actually dripping down along the length of the pipe. Yeah, that was yep. the week we, that Devin and I pre-recorded yeah. all of my stuff. So we were doing like what came out this week and or that kind of stuff, but yeah, that was fun. It was interesting. Yeah. It was a thing. Well, yeah. I'm happy I'm in the upgraded version of the podcast now. Yeah, we have comfy chairs. Comfy chairs. Yeah, There's a cat up here. Hey, this is this is a lot more comfy than the wooden chair that I was sitting in before. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cope with Tom. We'll slowly on build up to getting like a set and like comfy <laughs> chairs on a set. Hot diggity. I would love that. That's the ultimate goal. We just need <laughs> people to watch. Slash listen. Yeah. More yeah. listen than watch. That's listen kind of... in, folks. We right. need y'all. So anyway, that everybody? Uh... <laughs> How are you doing this week, Jenny? Everything's fantastic. Super cool. <laughs> watch, awesome. I actually watched some movies, so... Oh! I know. <laughs> that is... That's we'll, like a we'll get, we'll, get to, we'll get to my <laughs> section later where I talk about the movies I watched this week. Everything yeah, is that's awesome. Fine. Yeah. So what about what about you two, Tom, Devin? I have not watched anything this week because work decided, you know what? You aren't in here often enough. Let's let's make it so you work every day. So I've had no time to do anything. I've been watching stuff like it's going out of style on this wonderful uh, streaming service called Netflix. Not sponsored. Uh, yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> uh, they want to give us want free to. Netflix. I mean, or if they'd like to, like you know, throw us a couple of bones here or there to like i'm sure they us. probably have a movie on there called bones <laughs> yeah. i'm pretty sure so not actual bones sure. but like you know cash that'd be fantastic so what'd you say oh gosh um everything in the sun no uh i've seen still laughing the stars celebrate which is a tv special about the original tv show laughing I watched uh, for the third time because I really enjoyed a special uh, John Leguizamo's um, history of Latin uh, Latin history for morons. That is really entertaining and very educational. Sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, he basically breaks down Latin history from 1000 BC to present uh, while trying to come up with a hero for his son to look up to from his Latin heritage. Uh, mind you, his son is mi a mixture of, um, as he puts it, Jewish and Latino. That's an interesting mix. Right. And he goes to a fancy private school where uh, uh, apparently he gets bullied by, or got bullied by, one of his uh, white schoolmates who's like, yeah, my family comes from a long line of Civil War heroes and stuff like that. You don't know anything because you're a, a derogatory name for Latino. Um, Civil War heroes. It's like yeah. we were fighting ourselves. How, is that, how could there be a hero? In well, like, like generals and people like that. I'm like, oh, that's great. I mean, there were heroes from the Civil War, I guess. 
uh, people who are major leaders and influential, that kind of thing. I thought I would just ignore anybody who was who was involved in the Civil War. It's like, no, it didn't happen. I can't. My family came in afterwards. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It's such a huge part of our history. Anyways, besides that, I saw the Netflix special for Gabriel Iglesias for like the fifth time because I really enjoyed him. Uh, movies, I saw I Am Mother. I saw that as well. Um, I watched <laughs> The Highwaymen. Uh, I've watched a bunch of other movies that I've seen in the past that were not Netflix movies. And I saw some that I really wanted to watch, like the movie Like Father and uh, The Last Laugh are both on my list to watch probably within the next couple of days. Oh, and then I saw Dark Phoenix, which we'll talk about here shortly. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's talk the, about that. That's the big one of this weekend, and I'm not Second, second biggest of this weekend. Yeah. Technically, if you look at the, uh, box, the box office, office mojo, yeah. Yep. So, most hyped for this last weekend, how about we go with? Sure. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd we'll go with most hyped. We'll go with and it, it kind of fell down on its own. Yeah, we'll get to Dark Phoenix here. So what else did you see, Devin? Uh, I watched a few movies I've already seen, and then I I jumped, I kept doing Netflix roulette, because I'm like, I don't know, that's new, that looks interesting. So I watched The Perfection, about the cello player that gives hallucinogens to her rival, <laughs> and okay. the person cuts off her own hand, thinking that she's infested with bugs. <laughs> And then it turns out that it's just all to make the other person, like, to save the other person so that they're not being abused by the cello coach. <laughs> Whoa, that was a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. description alone, um, one, makes me want to see it, and two, took well, turns I did not expect. Yeah, it, it took a, a uh, pretty dark and twisted, like, abuse turn about halfway through the movie. I'm like, well, that didn't, I didn't see that coming. If this was done by a director that knew what he was doing, this would be great. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's right there your recommendation. <laughs> I will be speaking more about if Blink Movie had a director or a crew that knew what they were doing a little bit later because we're talking about a certain yeah. thing later. Uh-huh. Not Dark Phoenix. This is after that. So anyway, but yeah, that was the perfection, and I thought it was a a unique film. Like it was different, but I have not heard it's like <laughs> you. You said your description. Yeah. I'm just sitting here like. Oh wait, what's gonna come next? Yeah, so it's just like what? Your description, if there's any gamers out there, it reminds me of Fran Bo. Oh, you guys played. So Fran Bo is this little girl, she's super cute, and her world is all hunky dory. Except and, when it isn't. And then she takes these pills, and the world is like really creepy. Like there's maggots everywhere. There's like demons and junk, and she's like, "Oh, Chalala, where's my cat?" And it's yeah. a, it's a very interesting game. Like there's there's more to the story, but just that level of like weirdness with the hallucinogens and like yeah. the cutting off of the hand and like the whole backstory it just sounds like frambo so, with a cello not gonna lie that entire story now the only thing i can think of is oh cello where's my cat just, just go with, you with your voice you with your voice of doing that was like well that just made the story for me i have to hear more oh oh tralala where's my hand Where's my Okay, so getting getting past that first thing, what else? That's perfection. Okay. I immediately was like, well that's crazy. What's the next thing on Netflix? And I turned on a what they said was a kids movie called Rim of the World. Oh no. (laughs) So this is like they say, oh yeah, it's a it's a kids adventure movie akin to like Goonies. I'm like, oh okay, cool, whatever. So the only thing I knew about this going into it is there are a bunch of people at like a summer camp and aliens invade. Well, cool, that sounds fun. I like Attack the Block and I like these kind of weird like aliens invade weird places. Sure, why not? Aliens versus cowboys. The first shot 
after like the Netflix logo is the camera going through a astronaut's head that has been blown apart by something. <laughs> and that's and where like, like the intro credits are going or what? Yeah, it's like before they introduce the actual name of the movie, it's like going through this and like the you see the brain and all this inside the head. I'm like, whoa, hey, this ain't a kid's movie. What's going on? And like they're like toting this as like, oh, it's a okay. fun adventure wait, kids wait, wait, movie. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you think it was a kid's movie? Because all of like the trailer and everything were like the, the four kids like having fun and running through stuff. And I'm like... What? Okay. <laughs> oh, so okay. what? It's Dreamcatcher? No, it not quite, but like okay. they had that shot. Then they reveal uh, an astronaut or whatever's like, aliens are coming, blah blah blah, and the ISS gets destroyed. Okay, standard alien invasion stuff. Yeah. Then they cut to like five or six kids. One's a computer nerd, one's a there's like a computer nerd, there's this other thing, there's this other thing, or other characters, and they're just slowly introducing everybody. You know, no not all that not all that unsurprising. So anyway, the kids all then go to the Rim of the World, which is the, the summer camp. I don't know why it's called Rim of the World. That's a weird name for a summer camp, but okay. I mean, you know, it, it's probably set in flat earth or land. <laughs> probably. That would explain a lot. There's Nerd. Uh, there's the Bully, of oh, no. course. There's a Vietnamese girl who's here, like, under false pretenses and is just here to reenact a poster. Oh, we Okay, that's her entire plot motivation. So wait, she doesn't, at this point, she does not speak any English. So going by going by standard standard characterization, is white she nerd the boy, white guy. Is she is she the preppy or is she the slut? Neither. Um, and then we have the the like, yo man, I'm totally just Chris Tucker as like a ten year old kid kid who drops f bombs four times in his first scene. All right. Okay. So token. Cool. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's like, oh hey the hell's up with this character so anyway like they they go to this camp and blah 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 and they run into this random attract this randomly attractive kid in the middle of the forest that they never explain why he's there did you say attractive yeah he's like that obviously hot guy that's uh-huh. just in the forest oh he's the <laughs> and, slot got it and it's like who the hell is this now okay and then the aliens show up and everyone in the camp just disappears <laughs> they have no explanation about where anyone in the camp dis- camp goes, except for the four main characters now. The bunker below the camp. Okay. They say, we went to blank, and then just gone. And, like, none of these characters are ever seen again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's really lazy. So they the can only pay them for so many hours of film time. And Probably they had, they had one day. <laughs> yeah. They had, like, adult Chris Tucker version guy, like, riffing on stuff, and then, like obvious like sexual jokes and everything and i'm like this is definitely not a kids movie but at the same time it's playing like big fat liar or like one of those kind of early teen movies and i'm like okay weird that okay so the aliens show up the one random astronaut from the iss lands somehow gives them a key that like this key will kill the aliens for some reason and then is brutally murdered and dragged away by the alien um, cool, 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 And it's cool. like, okay, what do they do for the rest of the movie? We're trying to get to CPL or something. And that's the entire movie is them, like, going from the camp to the to NASA in California. And they decide to randomly stop at a mall, even though their, like, clothes look perfectly fine, to change out of their clothes into Adidas brand clothes. And they wear, like, the, the giant logos on their hats, giant logos on their shirts, and they have a three-minute-long Adidas advertisement. Who funded this movie, I wonder? Netflix. And, Skip. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, 
what? What? How? And then they're like, oh, look at that car. That's a nice Ford car from the 80s. Man, my dad had a car just like that. Oh, yeah, that is a nice car. And then they get in the car and he's like, well, I can't drive stick. <laughs> okay, and then, that's a funny joke. And then the Asian girl's like, oh, I could drive stick. And then drives, and then like drives, and they have this nice montage, and then they crash the car. It's like, what? <laughs> Did they just run out of content? Like, <laughs> and then they have the fight, and then uh, they kill the alien. Devin, that hurt worse. <laughs> that little synopsis hurt worse than me just seeing kind of flash shots of like that Cloverfield Paradox movie. Yeah, it's also Netflix. So no, that, that's why I said mm-hmm. that. So out of curiosity, did the writers for this also work on Iron Fist season one? No idea. Because I have a feeling that they drew from the same writer's pool where they're <laughs> just like, here's this great idea. Cool. Well, we can't afford to pay you guys. Bye. And if All you, right, So next group of people. <laughs> and if you forgot that the Asian girl couldn't speak English. Yeah, they did too. She just randomly starts speaking English. They're like, oh, you can speak English. And then, like, just continue. No response from her about why, even though she's, like, full-on North Korea or Vietnam get-up. And it's, like, she keeps coming up with new new different costumes for, like, their modes, too. And, like, they, she goes through three different Adidas things in this. And it's just, what? I'm getting an aneurysm it's, listening to this, it, is, it was one of those movies that I'm, like, watching it. I'm, like, I'm intrigued by why this got made. But, oh, my God. I'm happy it's three in the morning and I'm just gonna go to bed after this. It's like, just, I because otherwise I just need a nap. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, tired. I, I want to finish it now so I can because I do like little reviews on my cosplay page and I'm like, I need to do a little review of this because I don't know what the hell's going on. Are we taking a nap after this description? Because I, don't know. I think I, I might need it. Okay, okay, okay. But, so yeah, did you just, what? did you watch anything that wasn't really weird? That had, uh, you know, a good storyline to it or anything. Uh, like let's that. see, Dark Phoenix, I'll we'll talk about that. Um watch I Mother. Just like just like I did. Mother. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it. Uh yeah. AI robot raising a child you find out may or may not be evil. Rose Baron Hillary Swank. Nothing I didn't expect. Uh, I also watched Bo Burnham's eighth grade. It came out. Oh, last I year. heard that was okay. very good. Uh about a really socially anxious, slightly overweight eighth grader who's about to become high school ninth grade and it's like her trying to break her her like social stigma and just say fine and go and do things and it's one of those like oddly heartfelt sweet little movies but also like it's it's super like bittersweet at times and it's like the the relationship between the daughter and the dad is really well done so it's every teen like coming of age movie ever it's shot in a way that i i haven't quite seen a movie shot this, the same way because like she is she's like doing the little like little videos on I'm guessing it's YouTube or something I'm honestly not sure and that's where I felt old every once in a while because I'm like I don't know what app that is oh. it's called Vine I don't think no, so because she was doing longer longer it's called TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> it jinxed you owe me a coke. Coke. Um, she would do like you know here's a um, like here's a you know, like today we're going to talk about you know confidence and all this and and then, like, she'd end it with Gucci. I'm like, man, <laughs> I feel old as shit. <laughs> and, yeah, like, all the sound. teachers were, like, trying too hard to act. And the fact that the the actress was, like, the one that came through and was like, yeah, they do all this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for my generation right now. What the hell? <laughs> and this is like, okay. 
the damn okay uh i am super confused because like a whole lot of the stuff she says i'm just not getting but i'm fully <laughs> relating to her you're old so like, damn. you're old but like overall i really liked it i think i ended up giving it like an eight or nine out of ten nice. wow. it was really well done it's so just, essentially yeah. what i'm taking the takeaway that i'm getting from this is regardless of the age gap Everybody always seems to feel the same right around that same time period, yeah. whether we understand what the person is saying or not, because like our, you know, jargon or whatever is going to change. Our slang is going to change as we progress. Cool, through time. Yo, bro. Yeah. No, well, we're talking it, about early 2000s, baby. It kind of just drives home the point that <laughs> everything that like our parents complained about us when we were a certain age, their parents complained about them at that age. That will complain about our kids at a certain age. It's like it humanity doesn't change. Nope. That's kind of the takeaway. It just it also it also made me realize like my dependence on my phone. Because she mm. is it it's definitely one of those almost cautionary tales too about like the fact that she was constantly on her phone to a point where they'll be like her her and her dad are sitting down to eat dinner and she they have like the music playing when her headphones are in and she's just sitting there on her phone, you know, checking, scrolling through, like, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And the dad will be saying stuff that you couldn't quite hear, so she'll have to take out the headphones. Mm. And it actually got to a point where I was annoyed that the dad, dad was talking because I was watching the scene. And I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, like, she got more and more annoyed as he was talking, and he just wanted to talk to the daughter. So I'm like holy crap, I can see both sides of this situation, which, like, sure, I'll, like, with my dad, I'll talk on the phone, or I'll, I'll like, not talk on the phone, but be on the phone checking messages. Mm -hmm. I'm still always listening, whereas she just wasn't listening. I'm sure we could have a very long conversation about phones and why they're good and or bad for society, but... Eh. Yeah. They're yeah. a tool it's, like It's one of those else. movies that did a really good job of pointing out both sides of that. Oh, yeah. She ends up realizing that, like, she hasn't talk to people mm -hmm. in a long time so she just decides do you want to like hang out with that like and like just hang out and the friend's like what <laughs> what do you mean yeah and it's like and what is that well, well, uh, uh and it's just like this awkward moment where the main character like wants to hang out with somebody in person mm -hmm. and it's just they don't do that because they just sit in their room on their phones or on their laptops and it's like that's relatable yeah, I, overall, if you haven't seen 8th Grade, I'd say give it a watch. It's really well done. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Any other weird sides <laughs> from Netflix before we talk about the big <laughs> it button issue? I mean, I could talk about how I Am Mother has a robot taking care of a baby. <laughs> oh, so wait, yeah, try to become we'll, human. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip, talk about we'll To be fair, that. though, it'd probably be better than Detroit Becoming Human because I don't understand how that man still makes games. I enjoyed Detroit Becoming Human. We're not we're not going to get into the debate about that because I'll fight all day long. But I also watched some movies on Netflix. All right. Um, I did watch Big Hero Six, which <laughs> I, I had already seen, but my husband hadn't seen, and it's a great film. I That's love it. One. So fun. Love the music in it. Also, really like Fall Out Boy. So I mean, there's that. Um. But it's, it's so cute, heartwarming. I mean, you know, the plot's really predictable, but... It was, Baymax sells it. It, it was so oh, yeah. cute. But I really loved it. My husband ended up loving it, too. Um, and then I watched Lost in Translation, that we'll talk about a little bit later. And after that, I was like, you know, I want to watch something else. So I was scrolling through Netflix, and they had finally uploaded The Space Between Us, which I'd been wanting to see since it was supposed to come out 
but I know that it was competing with something like Star Wars or some big movie. So my theater, at least, ended up pushing it back, and we didn't actually ever get it. Oh. And I was really sad because I wanted to see it. So I was like, yes, it's on there. Let's go. So Right, because we had it. Uh, it was before you transferred over, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in my old theater. Oh, because I was going to say, we totally yeah. had that for like a month and a half. Yeah, so because my old theater was only eight screens, so we only had enough room for like the big stuff. Ooh. So um, having 30. I I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, there were some movie like parts of the movie where it was a little like too much, like kind of jumped the shark a little bit. But I mean, a boy is born on Mars and comes to Earth. So I mean, you've already got like an intense storyline. So I really love Asa Butterfield. He's so he's so pretty like he's got dark hair these amazing blue eyes so like i was like okay this this kid so cute but i watched him first in the boy in the striped pajamas and he did a, such a good job in that i was excited to see him in this movie playing a very different type of role and i thought he nailed it the girl playing alongside him can't think of her name right now but she also did fairly well for what she was playing um, the only thing I didn't like about her was in the movie, oh. he comes to, he comes to earth to find this girl that they never really mentioned how exactly they got together because they just been talking over what essentially is like Skype, inter, interplanetary Skype. Um, but it doesn't really talk Damn about Wi-Fi and, right? and Mars. Yeah. So it doesn't really talk about how they ended up finding each other, but I was like, okay, whatever, weird backstory, cool. So they end up finding each other on earth. He finds her and they end up looking for his father um because he finds a picture of his mom with this guy he's like that's my dad i'm gonna go find him you're gonna help me and she's like yeah okay i hate where i'm at right now anyway so she's like the very rebellious teen she's in the foster care system she's got a vendetta against society yada yada so throughout the movie they're like stealing different cars trying to keep the um scientists off their backs they're trying to look for him and there's a point in the movie where they're in like this this mall or this like clothing store and they find him new clothes and then they give him, her this blue dress and i'm like what this doesn't fit her aesthetic at all she's like the young rebellious teen she's wearing a lot of like um jackets and pants and like very like strong tomboy vibe and they just put her in this dress so after she gets into this dress, they're driving, and they end up, you know, having the the love story part of the movie, which was cute. But I feel like they only put her in that dress to romanticize it even more and make it more feminine and, like, the, you know, generic... So she can now be the romantic. Yeah, and I was annoyed okay. by that. Yeah, she's Britt Robinson, I believe. Yeah. So I was like, eh, that's, that's a little weird for me. But overall, the movie was very good. I liked the pacing of it. I liked, you know, it was it was slightly predictable... But I just enjoyed it overall. It was a fun ride. So, yeah, that was my, that was my top movie of the week. Other than Big Hero with Six, which I already seen. So now I guess we get to the big button issue. Yeah. Dark Phoenix, which I still have no desire to watch. Cool. Uh, save your money. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so who Holy should start? Um, um, Rock, well, paper, scissors, do it. <laughs> cool, you can go. Cool. <laughs> Super. So, uh, that movie, wow, that was a total ride of a uh, crap show. Um, See, I would say train wreck, but that, that uh, seems really on point. Boo this man. Boo this uh, man. Yeah, true that. From the very beginning of the movie, straight to the end, they really don't explain a whole lot of anything. 
ever. Yeah. Involving backstory, Phoenix Force, nothing. They don't, they don't really need to. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I would like a little bit of understanding of who or what some of the things that are going on actually involve. You mean involve. you want to know what the, the mysterious pink sp- or pink space goo is? Yeah. yeah I'd like someone to know what the pink space goo is. I'd like to know who these, like... Scrolls? Yeah, the off-brand scrolls, the Kmart scrolls. Um, <laughs> Circle K. I've told you about the the original ending to this. Yes, yes. We'll get into that comparison, too. Oh, my gosh. Later. Yeah, so Kmart scrolls, fact that there's no understanding from the main character of what's going on or the audience of so, what's going on. So hang on real quick. I see going back to when they first tried this little stunt with Last Stand I seem to recall that in that little continuity the Phoenix Force was something that Jean had always been had always had and been born with because when they first when Xavier and Eric first meet her. She's basically like that creepy child come at six just staring at stuff in that unblinking way of, oh God, what's wrong with you? But kind of. But yeah. but basically it's always been adjacent to yeah. her. And the fact that she died in X2 and then came back basically <laughs> rising from the ashes, it was always a part of her that just eventually took over when it saw its chance. From everything I've seen in the trailers, please correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds almost like they're, from what I rem- what I know, they're going more towards the comic route, which was basically Fantastic Four. She's invaded by a mysterious entity from space. Pretty much, sort of, yeah, but without any explanation as to any of that. It's just you get a little bit with Chastain's character. A That's little bit. Chastain plays insert name of uh, replicant alien species. She's the like leader of it, and then she's like a white haired chick, or yeah, yeah, and she's like, I want, I want the Phoenix Force, or the I want the power, the purple space goo. She's like, oh, I don't want it. It's like, oh well, that was easy. Give me. So hang on. And then she goes, I want it now. And now they're both powered. Well, that's convenient. The the white haired chick from the trailers. Yes. Yeah. Ah, Jenny. <laughs> Did you happen to think that that was a physical, uh, uh, a, me- a mental manifestation of the Phoenix Force communicating with Jean Grey? Because I thought that. No, I thought it was the evil chick in the movie. Okay, then I'm the weird one. She got it right. So <laughs> it seemed pretty clear so, in the trailers. The evil chick in the movie. Not gonna lie, I can totally see where you're coming from. Thank that you. would make sense. Thank you. That, that, that would make you know, more sense. The chick who has this incredible mental power. Has a psychosis that's going on. Yeah, a split, and then totally makes sense, especially after having a life-threatening situation where she goes, "Oh, there's a giant solar flare." Man, that black thing. and purple goo looks like a solar flare. Well, that's what they called it. That a solar flare was moving. They're like a, a yeah. giant, so solar wind lobby solar flare thing. So essentially, a plasma is moving through space towards a space shuttle that randomly crashed that yeah, somehow reason. randomly crashed it. and is literally spinning in place in space uh, has no forward it has no forward momentum of any kind other than the fact that it's spinning like a top in space so the first thing you do is have cyclops shoot it yep wait what with a magical so, magical like sci-fi cannon astronaut thing. gun with his head yeah <laughs> yeah what? so Apparently, what? yeah. Apparently, the 
X-Jet, whatever it's called. I can never remember. Blackbird. The magical X-Jet that's better yeah. than the Endeavor space or... Space shuttle, yeah. Yeah. NASA's really behind the times. Yeah. Magic. So, right. So... Why not give it to NASA? Damn, man. So, the it's Blackbird... Is racist. The Blackbird Ooh. is able to take off from Xavier's school for the gift of children. Yeah, yeah. Get to space. And then he cannon shoots it with his eyes... Because to stop the rotation. Because the rotation is going because of a misfiring thruster. But he shoots it, and the thruster just kind of gives up. Yep. What he shoots the thruster it, blow up? No, no, no. Really? It just goes boop, and stops working. It was a very well timed shot. Jenny, does your head hurt? My head hurts. Yeah. And then they needed to fix the holes, so they had Storm, who controlled weather. Freeze the shuttle. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. Hold on. Hang on. You can't get colder than space. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Supposedly, by going there with no helmet or anything else. Breathing apparatus. None of that. Okay. um, She's able to manipulate what the remnants of the, I'm guessing, actual uh, artificial atmosphere that's inside the space shuttle. You mean Storm? Storm. Storm doesn't go in. She just does this from the jet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which is probably like a mile away from the other ship. So she's, so whatever atmosphere might might actually be in there, she's manipulating to free stuff. Then they have, uh, so then they need to get away to get Nightcrawler to see into the spaceship that is now frozen over by storm because he can't go or he can't well, tell he couldn't originally because it was spinning too fast wait, 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 so wait. they stopped it why why did she freeze it per se because there was uh, holes in the hull yeah. oh, okay, so just a seal using the ice yeah, yeah okay using, that's ice to seal the holes so it gives Where'd them she get the water pressurization there's water vapor in the atmosphere that's supposedly leaking Still, out from whatever yeah, it's one of the many many holes in this story Oxygen scrubbers? I don't know. So then they teleport in to the ship that is now frozen over, and you can apparently see into it. But you teleport in Quicksilver, who then goes, Oh, okay, cool. It's my only scene in the entire movie. Move, 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 move. Unbuckle, throw people back to, and put them all attaching to uh, Nightcrawler. And then they teleport back. Cool. Awesome. Oh, wait, there's somebody missing. Oh, wait, my captain's missing. Well, where is he? He's back in the hole trying to fix the thrusters. Oh, okay. So logically, we should do the exact same move and just have Quicksilver go be- go there and back? No, let's send Gene over there to keep the shuttle in one piece. Because otherwise... Because otherwise this cloud, which is quite a ways away and we have plenty of time if we're using Quicksilver, <laughs> is going to destroy the shuttle. Yep. Oh, and by the way... Uh-huh. And by the way, all the th- stuff that was frozen by... Uh, storm no longer exists. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just magically gone. gone. Yeah. So ice melted in space. So night- and now Gene is trying to pull the hull of the ship back together to I hold it in in one piece. Nightcrawler is randomly like teleporting around the ship and goes, "Oh, there he is!" And then teleports him back to the ship and it's like, or back to the X jet, and then forgets about Gene and doesn't just <laughs> grabs Gene. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Right, right. And, oh, and mind you, when they first went over there, they grabbed a helmet that was just floating there, and then they duct tape it to Nightcrawler. But when they take Gene over, Nightcrawler's the only one that has a helmet on so he can breathe on board ship. Wait, no, wait, uh, yeah, this is like ten minutes into the movie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurting. Already this many holes. Yeah. I'm right, right. hurting. And then 
all of a sudden, after she gets left behind, she, and she's starting to get blasted through the ship with this solar flare, quote-unquote solar flare, for those, because you can't see me with my air quotes, uh-huh. she realizes, oh, these solar flare things are also going to hit the Blackbird X-Jet, whatever you want to call it, and all of my friends. So I'm going to use my powers to divert it all at me instead. Instead, wait, at her instead of away from... Yeah, so because it's already hitting her, she's just going to divert it more towards the right, which means it's all blasting her entirely. So she absorbs this entire cloud. Yep. Yep, because instead of being spread out and all that jazz... It's now more no, concentrated. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done already. Okay. And then uh, after that, they go, oh, look, Gene's, Gene's okay. Uh, Nightcrawler teleports over and now, uh, again, with his weird no, they're like helmet. Oh, God, she's, she, Gene's there, but the ship is gone. And she's just floating in space. Because apparently she absorbed the ship and that giant cloud of space. Goop. Goop. And but they put her on the ship, fly her back down, ask, you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm good. I know, oh, okay. better than ever. No quarantine, no talking they to They check her out, and she's like, your powers are much more strong. In other words, That's you're wearing weird. a tight white t-shirt. She does that a lot in this movie. Yeah, you're wearing a tight white t-shirt and pants. Your powers are stronger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like the entire movie is... Oh, well, uh, that happened. Cool. Okay, but let's never really talk about that again. So, yep. assuming at no point in this movie does it ever redeem itself in any way, shape, or form. Oh, well, I had a few. There's a few moments that I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Okay. There were some. The, the, overall, Silver, like, the Silver Surfer one. The Silver Surfer movie sounds more coherent than this, and I don't yeah, want to be much. able to say yeah. that. Yeah, pretty much. This, yeah. this was second to X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Anyway, well, so yeah, they she then goes to Magneto for some reason. And Magneto's like, hey, I don't want you around here. Blah, blah, blah. Or she goes to find her dad and then accidentally kill, kills Mystique, who, oh no, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, his character's dead, or character is dead. Yeah. It's almost like she just wanted out of a contract. Yep. Oh my surprising. God. She was phoning it in. Yeah, she was like, oh my God, I can't, I, I didn't want to hurt anybody. How did, why did I do that? Oh, headache. What? And now I'm yeah. going to go to Eric and, you know... Find out what he can do to help me figure out why I'm hurting people Which and how not to do that. Thing. And then the cop, the the military shows up randomly and then, You're right. and then she goes crazy and then she destroys the helicopter and then Magneto's like, get out. I don't get her plan, though. It's like... You're gonna say you're gonna go to Eric after you killed Mystique. Uh, after killed Mystique, does not tell Eric that's who whose blood is on her shirt. Yeah, because oh, he, he says even though she never touches the body, right? <laughs> she never has blood on her chest, even though there is no physical touching of any blood. Nope. Awesome. And and mind you, she's she she goes over and she she views the body. She's like crushed over this. Goes and sees Eric. Eric goes. So, uh, what's wrong? Something happened. Somebody got hurt. Really hurt. Whose blood is that on your shirt? She refuses to tell him. Military shows up. Okay. You're housing a fugitive. We're looking for Jean Grey. You have no right to be here. Well, we're we're looking for Jean Grey. You have no right to be here. We have this property. The government gave it to us. We're not arguing that. We're looking for Jean Grey. All of a sudden, Jean Grey attacks him. And he keeps saying, no, she's not here. And then... And then, like, one of the helicopters and yep. stop doing this, Magneto. I'm not doing it. 
I'm doing it. It's like, and then they what? had go into a power struggle between them, where Eric is now trying to save these government people and military. From Which is one of the better scenes. By, yeah. I actually think her trying to take out the helicopter that was like right over all the cop or right over all the military, and then him saying "get on and get out of here" is one of the best scenes in the movie. Because well, yeah. he's not a because he's like all of a sudden like no get on the damn thing get out of here now you yeah. you screwed and up he and then throws the helicopter. Like away, and it like corrects itself, and it yeah, flies he, off. He fly, he gets her out. Yeah, of and then she, he turns, is like, no, you get out. And but, then like, oh okay. And she's well, at first, she's like, but I'm just like you. We are nothing alike. Get out. Yeah. No, that that sounds really awesome because like, that, that fits Eric's character. That was a well done scene, but that's yeah. like one of a hundred scenes in this movie, and it's like what? Mm-hmm. The whole scene with them finding the dad, who's like, I never wanted you. <laughs> oh, and it was like delivered in such a way that's like you were weird well the worst part is is like yeah he kind of comes across as yeah we never wanted you but or I never wanted you but at the same time he's like you're responsible for your mother's death and you and I guess the cold open with the, the young daughter saying stop and accidentally telekinetically hitting a truck but yeah causing her parents to fall asleep while mother's driving and crashing head on into another truck yeah that's a, okay okay because everybody has to have a sad backstory god damn it but uh xavier hid that and yeah. that's the big like reason why she hates charles xavier yeah because, because he tried she, to save her from she tried to like repress it in her, in her memory and it's like because mm. he helped her repress. don't worry by the end of the movie that's like all fine yeah no, 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 hang on. So, because he helped her repress a memory... But without her knowledge. And of when she killed her mother. Yep, yep. Suddenly and, he's the bad guy. And the fact that her father is... Uh, he came to her, basically, and didn't let her know that her father made it out of the crash. That's and, a little and, more... And then her father name never came to The father more. wanted her gone. Yeah, the father did not want anything to do with her after the powers emerged. And Xavier was like, I can offer her a place and I will take care of her and care for her. Yeah. And provide to her what you cannot. But he's but he's the bad guy. Yep. Because reasons. Yeah, he's the bad guy until until Jessica Chastain and the Skrull wannabes show up and like, hey, we want the Phoenix Force. Dude, uh, I'm we still get most of the Phoenix Force, then we're good. I'm still I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that the, the white-haired chick from the trailers isn't a manifestation of the Force. Nope. And is not is actually a separate character. No, it's just another am, character. Am I alone on that? I am alone yep. on that, aren't I? Yep. <laughs> but, but yeah, and like Beast shows up and like teams up with Magneto and says, she killed Raven. Mystique. I don't think they ever say Mystique. It's just always Raven. Yeah, and which is another point. You killed her. Raven. And they're like, oh, that's what happened. I'm going to kill Jean Grey now. And it's all of a sudden, like, now Magneto's like, I'm going to kill her. And Beast is like, I'm also going to kill her. And now it's like beasting Magneto versus versus Cyclops, Storm, and what's... Oh, yeah. and then Including the, the two, Inc. like... Ink the, is there and uh, yeah. whatever the other one's name is. So was there anything else worth it? Because, no, hang on. Like, I remember so, the big thing. I remember the big thing in the trailers was the train thing. All right. So, like, all the stuff with, the, with going after the, the woman and all this, the woman gets some of the Phoenix Force. And then everyone's arrested. <laughs> okay. Randomly, the military shows back up and find a way to arrest all of these mutants 
including the most te- powerful telepath on the planet. Okay. And someone who can control metal, so I call bullshit. And also whatever the hell's going on with Phoenix Gray. But so well, they're like, sure, yeah. let's stuff goes on. She like collapses for and reasons. causes people to pass out. Yeah. And fight causes people to pass out. Yeah. Essentially everybody's either broken or unconscious, and they just go, Oh cool, mutant dampening collars. Oh, so they let's pull Logan. put him in a train. They pull like Deadpool two. Oh, and they get those like mutant dampening. Well, I was talking about the. I was more of the fainting thing, which reminds me hardcore of Logan. <laughs> kind yeah. of, yeah. But now they're in a train, and this is like one of the only scenes where I think has some cool merit. Yeah, Eric probably hates this because. Oh yeah, probably. Last time, last time he was on a train, it didn't go well. <laughs> True. <laughs> He gets the best, to me, he gets the best scene in the entire movie. Yes. Uh, twice with the, the thing with him fighting over the, the helicopter. But they end up getting on the train, and then the aliens show up, and it's like, okay, great, so it's just going to be a fight inside of a train, and that's literally the entire finale. Yeah, the mutants the, World War Z the train. The, the aliens? Yeah, the Remember? scroll. The, repli- the, oh, the shapeshifter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the like, they, they okay. World yeah. War Z the train. Yep. Wait, they jump on the train and they're like bashing at the roof and barely trying. <laughs> yeah. But this hurts. So they end up, some of them get un, un, unmutified so that the whole collars just kind of disappear in like a scene. And then all the, the guards that were making fun of it and like poking and yelling at the, the mutants are now like pseudo now fighting with the mutants. And the aliens show up and can take shotgun blasts to the chest and tons of gun shots to the chest and sure okay that's a thing that can happen now that wasn't established anywhere sure. yeah they just regrow how do okay. you how do you take such an awesome concept from the comics because i remember i i seem to recall that the whole phoenix thing in the comics was very well done and very well liked oh yeah how do you take that basically superpower to evil gene gray and screw it up not once but twice and the second time even worse from what i'm hearing yeah it's just and like gene gray's just like sleeping in one of the cars for the whole fight until she's like nope none of this and then you know destroys the train she's sleeping until plot but it yeah basically so during all this two people get great scenes one is nightcrawler Mm-hmm. For most of this movie, he's cowering and hiding and like kind of a wuss. Isn't that his thing? Yeah, he, yeah. it always makes sense. He's the non combat. He does not like being in combat. That's yeah. always been his character. The fact that he can do something pretty pretty hardcore, like in X2. Yeah, or, X2. Mm-hmm. Like that was, yeah. like, yeah. that's the extent of him and Kitty Pride can do devastating shit if they yeah. actually decide and to do it. And you see some of that in this. Yeah. And that's like what was so frustrating about the scene is that he goes from being like the sniveling like coward that he is for most of this movie, and then just all of a sudden like one of the guards dies, and he goes, "Huh." And during the, I had to be reminded that this guard was the one that said, "My kid used to be a fan, asshole." Sure, okay. Wow. So now he has some kind of connection, and he goes, "Yeah, absolutely crazy." He picks up a knife and just starts like rapid like stabbing people and like teleporting around them and like putting his tail through people's necks Ew. and stuff and like he just goes ape shit. It sounds cool. This sounds exactly like the same problem I had in the uh, Guy Ritchie King Arthur thing where you've got you've got the mage girl about to get attacked and then King Arthur and then Arthur suddenly can wield the sword. It's like, why are you doing with some, with some like person they just met? Why don't you do it with someone they have connection to? To me. That it feels like this 
scene was supposed to be for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And they just like, oh yeah, we don't have Wolverine. Ah, just throw the teleporting guy. But then like the cool thing that he did, and I'm not sure how we got here, but he grabbed one of the one of the main villains, disappeared and reappeared in like what you think is just somewhere in the forest, and then you see the light coming up behind her, and then grins <laughs> and he disappears and she's hit by the train. That's kind of cool. And I'm like, one. awesome. How the hell do you know where that location is? You have. You have rules, Nightcrawler. Yeah, you establish uh, a where you, you can't see. Where you can't see. Well, no. How did you end up here? It, well, it's it, it sounds like they tried to recreate the scene from Acts 2, where it's like, he's trying to get, they, they need to get into that locked chamber. Uh, cerebro, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fake Cerebro, but it's like, <laughs> they need to get in there, but he doesn't want to because he can't vi- he can't see it, so that he, they could end up in a wall. They just make such a big point about the fact that he can't see where he's going, but then, like, his coolest scene they just throw that right out the window for a cool shot. And I'm like, rule of cool works. So I'm like, okay with it. He could have teleported up through one of the holes in the ceiling and then and then over and then teleported down. But they show, like, in real time, him teleport and just everything around him is black all of a sudden. And then the light. So I'm like, that was one teleport. How does he know where this location is? It's a gripe that bothered me. But it made for such a cool shot of him grinning and then the train hitting her. But the other one is, that had a cool scene here is Magneto. Um, 100% agree. The main, like, the like this, the minion, uh, Jessica Chansain's right-hand man, and him go at it. So anyway, Magneto and the right-hand man go at it, and Magneto is, like, picking up parts of the train, and, like, the guy punches through the part of the train, and then he pushes it down with his mag- magnetism and, like, cuts off the hand. Oh, nice. And then, like, and then, like slides the thing underneath the guy's legs, and then, like... Then like picks it back up and slams it into the guy's head, and he just has like a bunch of these really unique like, like a person like going to hit and like grabbing the guy's wrist and like then pulling part of the wall over and like this really cool like they actually had fun with this yeah powers. really interesting power, but then ultimately he tricks them all into getting into one car with him, and then he backs out of the car and just crushes the car and throws it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like this really cool because he like does all this and then just walks out of the back car of the train and just <laughs> and the, like crushes it and then just throws it away and it rolls away. You don't. And then he turns and walks into the next one and unloads like a hundred. Oh, guns. the shot from the trailer. Yeah, he unloads a hundred guns into Jessica Chastain, who does not that does nothing and he just gets knocked out. So I'm like. Well, those two scenes were awesome. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there's a couple of things you don't go against the master of magnetism. When you're yeah. in a giant magnetic box, you don't mess with the man. Yeah, because he could, like, pull the, the little railings off the side to grab your arm. They're, like, trying to punch, and he keeps, like, bringing up, like, panels from the side. And he's just doing all this and, like, looks super casual about it. Just, like, swiping arm, swiping hands and stuff. And, and like, the, the guy punching through the thing and then just... <laughs> just like, that was, was a really mistake. cool shake. It was really cool, but then everything else about the finale was just lazy as hell. Yeah, it, it just falls God. apart from there. It falls apart from there. It falls apart from the first ten minutes you were telling us about. Yeah, yeah so but, like it picks up for some cool stuff, and then all of a sudden it just goes. Well, we we spent our budget doing that. We're just gonna phone it in now. Bye. Okay, bye guys. By the way, very belated spoiler warning. <laughs> we haven't really ca- there. No, there's. It's like it's like with Hellboy. Way back a couple weeks, yeah. like, you just there's certain things where if it's bad enough, you don't care. Yeah, like yeah, this was like just... Endgame, and mm. when Spider-Man comes out in a few weeks, we'll be like, 
Yeah, spoiler warning. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Because those are big things. This this was something we've been waiting for, and we're heavily disappointed in. Why did they take so much time to reshoot? Because they had a craptastic ending that was the same as another Marvel movie that came out. It was literally a super-powered female character beating up spaceships controlled by shape-shifting aliens in space. You say that, but it's like, how could it be that similar? You've got... She would be flying around punching through ships. Why? It's... I don't know. And it's like the exact same as Captain Marvel. She's a telekinetic. Why is she punching? I also loved how she left scenes. That always made me laugh, too. I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, she just was like going like just randomly... I'm going to pick this thing up now and just awkwardly stand here. Why is she... You understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's like, yeah, on, just, the ba- no. on the base, it should be, it, it sounds very similar. I don't know about either any of you, but I would have basically had her as the calm in the storm of her just basically doing what Eric did, but on everything. Yeah. You would think, but no. Yeah. Then they're idiots. I don't think, yep. I, I think Sophie Turner, like, looked great in this movie when she didn't have stupid, like, orange lines, but I'm not positive she's actually much of an actress. I'm starting to think she's not. A great actress because she or that she didn't read parts of the script because <laughs> which is more likely she was like blankly staring for a lot of this movie and yeah, it yeah. no no that's just the force of of the phoenix pressing down on her mind while she has to combat yeah it also had like those the the times when you see like the before visual effects where someone just gets yanked out of the scene on like wires <laughs> She had so many where she was like standing there and then she looked up and like awkwardly was pulled up into the air. And it's like, ooh, my planet needs me. Yeah, exactly. And she she did that like four times. So you're waiting for the slide whistle? Um, Yeah, I was waiting for like a or something like a superhero. You know as well as as I do that once they get the scenes available, people are going to do that. Yeah, I was waiting for like, uh, you know, an eight bit music thing to come in from the chime yeah yeah from like nintendo <laughs> do, 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 the S- do, do. or from the nes not the snes the nes yep and nobody ever made reference to the fact that she phoenixed out at the end of apocalypse yep she like was using so much power that she was like burning like the phoenix was around her oh it's just like Never mind. That never no, happened. No, but that that kind of that kind of exacerbates the point I said earlier. Is that, from what I recall, in in the first go around, it seemed like it was going to be this. It was a part of her, a dark part of her, that broke loose when it saw its chance. Uh, nope. In this yeah. case, it's 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 space goop that she absorbed. It's fantastic. That or, can destroy that can destroy worlds for some reason. Yeah, but it's, it's no also. But it's also in the right hands the power to create. No, it isn't. No, that's mm. what the whole alien uh, shape shifting Kmart alien. I know. I'm. I'm just saying no to that. It's not. <laughs> it's the power to destroy another franchise. Well, I'm pretty mm. sure that they were like, well, after this movie, we don't own the rights anymore. So who cares? Let's destroy it. There were definitely Whee! moments where you could tell that the actors were like, oh, we're can like the last season of a TV show that knows it's being canceled. They just kind of stopped trying. Yeah. Game game. yeah. No, because... Uh, yeah, in a yeah. way. Uh, I'm more thinking, like, like the final season of Scrubs after the, the season finale, or series finale season. Oh, so season nine, and the, the, the season the, that doesn't exist? The one where they're all in, like, med school. Yeah, and season all nine, of, the one Everybody in there is like, well, we 
Okay. And they just stopped trying. On the other hand, it, it sounds, feeling it sounds like, through. once again, Fastbender blew everyone out of the Fast water. Fastbender and McAvoy were great. The thing is, just McAvoy didn't have a whole lot to do. Oh, that's sad. And Fastbender had, like, the best scenes, but he had no character arc. Yep. Just like, oh, what's that blood? And then the next scene, oh, Raven's dead. I'm going to murder that person. Oh, then, you mean... Never uh, mind. Fastbender. I'm protecting her. Yeah, but he, he didn't yeah. say that. I thought he said that. He McAvoy is just... But... What? I don't know what to do. Why am I doing this? No, you shouldn't do that. Okay, well, I'm now I'm now. doing this. <laughs> you fall asleep. You fall asleep. My temple really hurts because it's super glued to it. And then, that, like, <laughs> I can't pull oh it off. God. I can't pull it off. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! This is so much power. I can't control it. My nose is bleeding. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the the nosebleed thing started getting old for Xavier. Yeah, you get that looked at. <laughs> right. You got Maybe it. you should stop you doing the nose candy, and we wouldn't have that problem. Explain a lot. He's not actually psychic. He's just really high. <laughs> <laughs> he's so high. He's so much. He's so, so he high. Met, he's tapping into other people. So he met psychics. Johnny Depp's character from Blow. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. But so <laughs> I ended up giving it like a two out of ten. Ow! Like I can't give it a one because it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It had some redeeming qualities. Those so two it wasn't good a scenes. Pigeon. Those two good scenes. Some like I like the actors in it, and I there was. Like, I do like Ty Sheridan, who played Cyclops, and I thought he did fine. He didn't have a whole lot to... He had more to do in this one than James Marsden did in Last Stand, but that's not saying much. <sighs> but I like him, and he does look good in, like, pseudo-VR glasses. I at least liked his character. I, I thought Nightcrawler looked cool. He looked like X-Men Evolution Nightcrawler. And, like, sure. They also had a really odd Dazzler concert in there. Which yeah. Was cool. No, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I'm like, I'm, no, cool. like it was actually a really cool like. It was thing a cool visual that it. felt out of nowhere. No, but yeah. I, I don't care, Tom, because I'm, I'm at that point where it's like this just sound. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Worst X Men movie. Yeah, definitely. Oh, hundred percent. Ow. Like I would, out on a scale of one to ten, in comparison to this, I would get if X Men Origins Wolverine. Probably about a six or a seven. I, that would be tough to me because I really, really hated X Men Origins. So did I. But in comparison to this, six or seven. I at least give it, it a didn't, three. At least it didn't have the plot holes that this did. Kind of did. It had its own issues. It had its own issues. But it's so, the same time. So what you're saying? You're saying the first go around with Last Stand is actually monumentally better. I've never really, I've never really hated Last Stand. I just thought it was mediocre yeah, after two. It was two. just fine. It wasn't great. Last stand compared to this. Ooh, oh yeah, that actually looks like they know what they were doing. That's that's something because the, <laughs> I I'm with Devin and the fact that I didn't hate it. It just coming off of two and with some of the setup they had, it's like this is why why have you done this? <laughs> they in my opinion they should have stopped at Age of Apocalypse because I couldn't at this point I can't go back and say that that movie could, could you know. Apocalypse is crap, though. Aside from the shining star that apparently is Fastbender. Yeah. Also, uh, Quicksilver just kind of like randomly stopped trying. He got punched once. And then just and was like, whoa. was literally out of the movie for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I'm like, dude. It's like they couldn't afford to pay his contract any they, longer. They couldn't afford to do the special effects on a slow motion scene. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that, that... That broke our budget. We're done. So, in other words, don't... Yeah. Jenny, I don't think we should watch it. No, I wasn't planning to, Same, but... but if, if it ain't free, don't watch it. And even then, still question yourself. Yeah, so... I'm paying in time, then. 
This this movie did so poorly in the box office that Secret Life of Pets 2 beat it. Yep. By how much money, Tom? $15 million. $15 million. If that isn't a reason to not watch this movie... That hurts. Actually, over $15 million. Just saying. It's $15.035 million. Well, do you think the production company that made um, Dark Phoenix is going to make make another movie? Uh, Probably. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm not sure if Fox can make any more movies. <laughs> I think Fox just shot themselves in the foot, leg, testicles, and a couple other vital areas. Actually, Fox Which are will all make, owned by Disney. Fox <laughs> will make more movies, just not of their own volition. Oh, God, New Mutants, why? Um, no, we'll they'll, be, they'll be under the umbrella of the, uh, great, oh, great, the mouse. great Dark Mouse. Um, I wanted to say The Great Mouse Detective. I'm like, I man. I was thinking the same thing. That man. was actually a really good movie, though. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is a detective. Oh, man. I was almost going to say Mouse Tater. <laughs> mouse but, Taters? No, Mouse ma- yeah, Dictator. Give me some of your taters. <laughs> Eat your food, Tina. So, you know um, what? Let's go, let's, go from, let's go off of this to happier subjects. Yeah. Direct to, direct to video, direct to DVD, all that sort of stuff. Not in theaters, but released anyway. Yeah, so non-theatrical release. Yeah, non-theatrical release. Jenny, why don't you start us off? I would love to start us off. So, if you were born in the eh, late 80s, 90s, maybe maybe I'll allow the early 2000s folk in there as well. You remember sitting down in front of your television, I want to say it was like 6 or 7 o'clock at night, Disney Channel movie time. Yep. That whole intro play where they're like jumping around the film reel oh and you were God. ready. Oh my God, I do remember mm. that now. Oh yep. my word. Hitting you with a nostalgia. You are yep. right. And right then the Friday, nights, Friday nights was Are You Afraid of the Dark Night? Yes. Friday so. nights were going to see a movie in a theater night. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not what we're talking about this time, oh, Kevin. Man. We're talking about skipping out on the theater and just watching some good old straight to video. Because I'm not paying 12 bucks for a small popcorn. So got it. Second class movie there. Hey, hey, hey. Not necessarily terrible. So we have such classics as Twitches, Jump In, Camp Rock, High School Musical, and the, the subsequent sequels to that. The five of them. Twitches? Twitches was fantastic. It was so stupid. It's about a person with Tourette's. Fight me. Fight me? I will. Kelly. <laughs> so all all those fantastic movies that were just staples of my childhood. I don't know about you guys. Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish, also another oh, fantastic Saints one. Of us. Oh, man. these So these movies were great because, specifically, we're kids, and we really don't pay attention to movie plots. Nope. So they were they were stupid, but nope. when you're a kid, you, you enjoy stuff like that. So some of my favorites included... Twitches because oh my gosh, which is magic, amazing. Dia and Tamara Maori, still hot. Anyway, um, things like Cadet Kelly when Hilary Duff was huge in the scene. Oh man. Um, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, but I didn't have a lie. Lizzie really? McGuire movie. Yes. Did it? Yeah, okay. eventually did. There's a lot of movies that like premiere elsewhere and then get a theatrical or. Kind of get a following and then get a theatrical. Mm. I could have sworn that was one of them. I could be thinking of something else. Hilary Duff had a like few three movies. characters. There's a few movies. There's a couple. Yeah. yeah, she was she was in that like spy kid spy movie. Uh, Harriet the Spy. No, no, no that was something. That was Nickelodeon. 
Okay. And that was There's also a yeah. bunch of things that have. So like movies bad. like that are just what solidified that feel good part of my childhood. Tom or uh, James, you're thinking of Hannah Montana for movie. <laughs> Hannah Montana. That had a release. Yes. Hannah Montana had a release. Yep. That's what it was. But one of the one of the best ones that people do know of is the Goofy movies. We were just we were just talking about, about that. One of them was in theaters because I saw yep. it the first one. The first one. First one. I remember seeing in that theater. in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. The second one, an extremely goofy movie, was direct to video. Yep. Yeah. I'll say now I most of these movies you're re- referencing, never bothered watching. I remember watching I remember watching both goofy, goofy movies and loving them both. Mm-hmm. Like a whole lot of them, the I mentioned B movie type, like the A movies, like in that time frame, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and all that. When I was that age, I saw those for sure, mm-hmm. and I loved them when I was younger. Um, some of them still hold up, but you know, I loved them when I was that age. The ones on TV, usually I would end up watching either movies that are been like come out, like ones that my dad want like wanted to watch and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't so much go to Disney Channel to watch a movie. I'd catch one once in a while, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I would want to watch the one that came out. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. See, I loved watching the Disney Channel movies because growing up for a long time, I didn't have cable. So on Saturday nights was the uh, wonderful world of Disney and they would show Disney movies that were not necessarily... Uh, theatrical release Disney movies like the Tony Danza movie where he is building the ark. Um, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, Tony Danza is a construction guy and he gets billed with having to build the ark. Evan um, Almighty. Yeah, I was just gonna Tony say Evan Danza. Almighty. <laughs> yeah, basically. Hopefully, um, it's better than Evan Almighty. And then that had a lot of problems. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder who's the boss, but you know what else? Uh, Morgan Freeman. Pretty much. Um, but this was pre-Morgan Freeman um, playing, never been playing time, that role. There's never been a time before Morgan Freeman. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's so true. But, uh, so, like, there were terrible made-for-TV movies that just came out for that. But I would watch them because that's what came on. Lifetime. <laughs> Choose a Lifetime movie. It was no. Lifetime oh, my movies. God. Lifetime, lifetime movies are a separate TV. Separate that is straight category. to TV, though. Holy crap. Yeah, but Lifetime movies are their own separate hell. I'm sorry for anybody they, who's they a fan. They really are. We probably should talk about that sometime. Like, those that's... are the movies for when you just experience a real bad breakup. You're sitting down with your gallon of ice cream, and you turn on a Lifetime movie, and you're having a midlife crisis. I won't lie. Me and my mother have sat down to watch a couple of them because they were just that kind of stupid. Penis mother had a really bad breakup. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, like, but no, was... like, we've, we've watched really stupid movies on Lifetime. The worst part is there's been one or two like, oh man, this is really good. And then the ending five minutes is like, well, you, you've crapped all over what was a good movie. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was one that we actually ended up watching in my health class. Um, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Was it The Miracle of Life? No, it was, uh, it was involving uh, Candace Cameron Bure, No. Um, where she had an eating disorder. <laughs> did Thinner. No. Did did oh, the teacher have a problem that day? Or? No, we watched it because we were talking about um, bulimia. Bulimia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay, quote a movie. I I'm a bulimist. I believe in bulimia. Okay, all right. Wow. No, I believe that it's a thing. We're gonna skip past that. 
Um, I'll come up later. Yeah. But no, like, for me, one of my favorite movies was uh, the Even Stevens movie, because I love the TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Christy Carlson Romano had a big crush on her when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, that was also the voice of Kim Possible. Oh, we love Kim Possible. Oh, my right? God. I'm only, like, halfway excited for her movie coming out. I'm, I'm not. I've got Probably a lot she's of She's going to be worries. playing Poppy Blue. Christy Carlson Romano will be playing the role of Poppy Blue. Probably more excited for that than the Dora movie. Right. That's really weird. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I, that Halloween Town. I love Halloween Town. Okay, listen. I love the first Halloween Town. When you get introduced <laughs> to the town... There's that really cool guy, like skeleton guy in the taxi, yep. and you love the grandma. And then two was fun. Two was fun. Two was okay, but then three, they replaced Marnie, they and I was have, like, nope. They should not have done, done three. Done. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. They should have done one was amazing because, like you said, introduced to the world. Two, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Three, I don't remember watch. I don't remember watching it probably because it's like, I'm bored. You've done it too many times. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I, you know, I just remembered the recent, you know, recent, I think it was about four years ago, that Legends of the Hidden Temple one that Nickelodeon pumped out not too long ago. That was actually not bad. But again, it's like, it seems like they've taken a brand that either already exists as a movie or as a TV show, and then they just slap together a movie and put it on TV. Yeah, That's, That seems like what most of these direct-to-video ones, if they're not like an indie film. Hmm. I just really want them to make, like, a global guts movie that's all about someone going around just murdering people in, like, gory ways. And guts, like, guts, 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 guts. Every and step. And just be, like, a Nickelodeon movie. And then, like, all of the parents are just, what? A, a, a serial killer. <laughs> or they go wild and crazy kids, if y'all remember that TV show from Nickelodeon. I've seen that. It's called Cooties with Elijah Wood. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I forgot about Wild and Crazy Kids. My word. Yeah, too, it, had, uh, <laughs> uh, it had Keenan from Keenan and Kel. Yeah, I think he it was, was in all of those things. Yeah, to be fair, they were all in all of those things. Yeah, um, but he was all on that. There. All that was such a great. Oh show. God, that's right. That sort of reminds me. Gabriel Iglesias was not all that. Yes, he was. I forgot about that. <laughs> so was Keenan Thompson. He's been doing it for like. 40 years. Yep. It's a little creepy. Dude now. needs to move on. <laughs> right. Keeps him fed. So anyway, uh, uh, movies. Movies, yeah. And and going kind of off the same uh, vein as Halloween Town, as much as I despise the channel because of how much my mother watches the show, or the channel, uh, Hallmark um, has the Good Witch series. Hallmark and is the exact same as Lifetime. No, uh, just with less beaten women. No, no. Hallmark is actually all upbeat stuff, and it's not dealing with um, men are the scum of the earth and are there to destroy the lives of women. Um, <laughs> oh, they're not? No, that's that's <laughs> Lifetime's message. Hallmark is, nope, nope, there's somebody out there for everybody, and we're going to find them for you. But only during Christmas time. That's No, no, no. Or Wedding season. They have oh, wedding, they have wedding during, season. They have wedding Valentine's. season during like June, July area, uh, and then they have Valentine's Day, and then they have the fall season, and then Christmas, mm-hmm. and then we have during the fall we get the Good Witch series, which is actually pretty decent. They made a TV show about it. 
They, I think they've got four movies now. Oh, jeez. Um, again, it's actually pretty decent. It's one of the few Hallmark movies that I can actually stomach. Um, when you mentioned Hallmark, I'll be perfectly honest. I was like, we already talked about Hallmark. It's the one with the, the bad movies that the, the mothers watch, right? No. <laughs> Completely <laughs> disconnecting the fact that Lifetime and Hallmark are two different channels. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that kind of scary? Yeah. But like he said, it's like Hallmark is the up, uh, up and peppy. Everyone can have someone thing. And Lifetime is just, oh, beaten women. Men are bad. Lord. Right. So I often joke with my mom that Hallmark is a place where... Movie uh, where uh, celebrities go to end their careers. Um, I thought that was like uh, all of the really stupid skin clearing commercials. No, I mean, have you seen? I, I, I hate for, to say this for but, red dry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to say this, uh, Candace Cameron Bure. If it wasn't for Netflix giving her back the Full Fuller House, House, yeah, with Fuller House, oh my, uh, she'd God. be stuck. She'd be relegated to just the. Hallmark movies. Um, At least she's doing better than the Antas, right? Currently. Who was also, by the way, on a huge contract with Hallmark this past year, which got dropped post haste. Uh, from what now she's in jail. Yep. Uh, and then on top of that, we have uh, one blanking on the actresses, uh, Danica McKellar, who played Winnie Cooper on uh, Wonder Years. Uh, she's also a huge person for Hallmark. You know, the bit, the most damning thing about all of that is he's saying names, and I'm like, who? The most damning thing about all that is he's saying names, and I'm like, who? Really? Come what on, how old is Cameron? Who Cameron Cameron Frey, she was the older sister DJ on uh, Full House. Cool, great. What else has she been in? Full House. The past Full House. House. <laughs> what has she been in within the past 20 years? Um, She doesn't really do she's like a whole TV, lot. She's a TV actress. Okay. Again, non, like, not to theater. And that's where my my like expertise just disappears the moment we start okay, talking so, about at the so moment. Just, and, just, just doing the good old Google, we've got Fuller House, Full House, the view. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. Moonlight. Wait, wait. Let's let's count how many Christmas movies. Oh, oh you can't do that. Dog for Christmas? Yes. Hold on. Hold on. If you do that, it's like the entire catalog for Hallmark. It doesn't count. We've got Moonlight Mistletoe. They're the same a, movies. A Christmas detour. Switch for Christmas. That's Christmas not- under wraps. Journey back to Christmas. The heart of Christmas. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> I'm that sure there's one good. called I Love yep. Christmas. Me, me and Devin Let just, us know. <laughs> me and Devin just have giant question marks on our faces at this point, right? So I he, mean the point is she's she's not a big actress. You know, she's not she's not a Scar no. Joe, she's not a J Law, she's you know, she's always been that the background character. Pretty much like the direct to video actress, but she doesn't really seem to mind. Like, mm. she eagerly came back to play DJ on Fuller House. Well, because it'd be a boost to her popularity. Well, yes, but she plays the role very well. I do enjoy Fuller House, and mm-hmm. she's enjoying it, and the girl who plays Stephanie's enjoying it, and then you know, we know the the twins, Mary Kay and Ashley, kind of skipped out on that, but they have their own lives. If they were smart, they'd just bring in Elizabeth Olsen and be done with it. Yeah. Because yeah. she looks enough like them that she could pull it off at this and point. And she is such a better actress. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Well, that's why they didn't want to do it. Because they're like, you know what? We don't want to act anymore. We had our five seconds of fame with our little, like, ten-minute movies. We need to eat some food and go out in the corner. Oh, no, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they look skeletal. 
were yeah. a lot of they had problems. They have that's a all. lot of issues. Yeah. And that's all we're gonna say on the um, subject. Yeah. And like I said, Candace Cameron Bray also has an entire like Aurora Tea Garden mystery series through uh Hallmark, which is like twenty movies long. It's ridiculous. I never so, realized that there was such a market for cheaply made TV movies. So I'm gonna I'm gonna toss yeah. it out to everyone here. Do you any of you have what you would consider a favorite direct to video movie? Uh, yeah. Are you doing direct to TV movie? Direct to TV, direct to video, whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Non theatrical release movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well then, let's start with you, Devin. Duel. Okay. What? It's a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. This predates Jaws. It's his first movie ever directed, about a guy who thinks that the semi truck behind him is stalking him. What? The semi-truck? Wait a minute. Is this based off a Stephen King movie? No, that's Maximum Overdrive. Thank you. Okay. And throughout this entire thing, he thinks that this driver is, like, stalking him. And it turns out the guy is actually, like, he starts, like, tailgating him. And, you know, he starts, like... Messing with him? Messing with him. Yeah. And the entire movie is... You get all of the tropes and the, the stuff that Spielberg ends up using in Jaws and using in Jurassic Park and using in all of the movies since this is in nice. this movie. And this was like mid-70s before he hit. He said duel? Duel. D-U-L-E. Or D-U-E-L. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a dude and a truck, like a truck driver in a semi, and that's it. And it's it's a surprisingly tense movie. Bottle drama. And yeah, it was just made for, made for TV. That. How long? Out of curiosity. About an hour and a half or so. Huh. Yeah. And it was just a surprisingly well-made movie by mm-hmm. a, one of, if not the best director of all time. And it's like the thing that he started with. And I've yet to see another one that matches the quality of that movie. Some of the stuff on Netflix, quality-wise, is up there, but writing is nowhere near. Well, to be fair, when, you, when you're doing nothing but a guy going paranoid about someone that he thinks is get out to get him, yeah. you're... And your only perspective is that paranoid bastard. Like, you've got to have the writing down, yeah. Pat. And otherwise, it doesn't work. It worked really well. And it's one of those... It's his lessest... Or, like, least... Or one at least one of his lesser-known movies. Bunch of words there. This is the first time hearing of it. I and will 100% say it. A that. lot of people just don't know the movie exists. And it's one of his best movies, honestly. Hmm. Hmm. I'm curious. It, it's super low budget. So it has some budget issues. But he somehow managed to do it. And yeah, you've piqued my curiosity. Yeah. Indeed, interesting. So, so that's okay. a no-brainer for me. No, I need a good director to make a good Tom. Movie. Let's go. Uh, you. Unless you need favorite, a couple minutes. Favorite. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite of like all time, but one of my favorites for sure happens to be um a three-part. It's actually a became a mini-series, uh, if you will. It's three parts. Uh, it's uh, Storm of the Century. Oh. Um, came out in 1999. Um, <laughs> it's uh, PG-13. Total length is 4 hours 17 mm. minutes. TV-14. Yeah. So wait, how, how long is each segment? That's a, a fantastic... Oh, that's a little over an hour each. So it's like an hour and... like Probably 20, an hour and a half movie. Yeah, an hour and a half movies, yeah. Because yeah, um, all of these had commercials. Originally. Yeah. And uh, it's considered drama, fantasy, horror, and thriller. Uh, the director was Craig R. Baxley, and the writer was Stephen King. It starred uh, Adam Lefevre, 
uh, Spencer Breslin, Tim Daly, Jeffrey DeMunn, and uh, Colm Fjord, and of course Stephen King. And it's about a New England town that is on an island uh, that's cut off from everything else when a terrible storm comes through and a strange visitor happens to be in town and making appearances all over the place. And people are slowly starting to uh, disappear as the town's people are trying to like gather up in one spot so they know everyone's safe. Ultimately, he comes through and says, hey, I am here and I'm, I want one of your kids. Doesn't matter which one you give me. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yep. You, I want one of your kids. Uh, the reasons for my wanting the kid is my own, but I want one of the kids. You will give me one. Either that or this entire town will end up like Roanoke. Enjoy. You will give me a kid. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, because it's... It plays out to basically be um, the devil is there to claim a child who raises his own. Oh my word. I'm going to raise an antichrist. Is um, this character uh, Randall Flagg? Man in black from like the Dark Tower world? I don't believe it's the way that sounds. It sounds like he's taking children back to the Dark Tower and all that. Maybe. So that actually could be a really cool, like, I have to rewatch it. I watched it a long time ago. I barely um, remember it. It is, I will tell you the character's name in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like the character of Randall Flagg that is collecting children for his own nefarious purposes. Isn't it always uh, nefarious purposes? Actually, his name is Andre Linoge. That's him. Um, he goes by multiple things, Man in Black. Uh, Andre yeah. Linoge is known as the human and monster, um, <laughs> played by Colm Fiore, or Fiore. He also goes by Pennywise. No, uh, um, <laughs> no that's actually something and, uh, close to this. Linoge is actually a uh, play off of the uh, word for, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, snow hmm. in French. Maybe. Um, Sounds familiar. Well, the Stephen King has a tendency of using French names in a lot of his work because in New England, a lot of the people there were settlers, uh, come from settlers who were French. <laughs> they got kicked out of France, so they came to New England. French God. trappers. <laughs> a lot of French, a lot of, a lot of Netherlands. Yeah. Um, well, but, New York is being New Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, but they, uh, he's there, and he's there to collect a kid, and uh, if he doesn't get them, the town will end up like Roanoke, and nobody will ever be heard from again. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds like it. It sounds like sounds like a straight banger. <laughs> it's actually a really cool. Um, leaves you in suspense throughout the entire thing, uh, and it's really kind of just creepy because it's a town literally isolated from the world because of a terrible snowstorm, and the power gets cut, the lines to the phone lines get cut, everything just down. Which, to be fair, considering it's it's set in New England, set in New England, is not out of the realm of possibility. Right, and it's 1999, so this is Ew. taking place before the age of major internet usage. How so? How many horror films just gone down the down down the crap hole because of modern inventions nowadays? Right, exactly. Which yep. is why you, you then go, cool. We're gonna cut the power. Cool. The radio lines are the lines are down for telephones. So you have no landlines. Oh, now I've got to somehow disable the cell phone towers. Scramblers. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, just to let you guys know, the weather is so bad, cell phones don't work up here anymore. What? <laughs> this makes no sense. When did my phone become a satellite phone? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. 
yeah, so that that's probably one of my favorites. All right. Uh, Jenny? So mine, it wasn't technically released on television first. It was just released on the interwebs, and then slowly made its way to iTunes, and then eventually got a DVD. And uh, okay. it is also a three-parter series. Not yeah. nearly as long as yours. 45 minutes or so? 42. 42 okay. minutes. Oh. Yep. oh. One of my favorite oh. quote-unquote movies. How did I not? Dr. Horrible sing-along blog featuring Neil Patrick Harris <sighs> and Felicia Day, Nathan Fillion, that one dude from Big Bang Theory whose name I can never remember. But... It was such Wallowitz. a... Wallowitz. Yeah, Wallowitz. Yeah, Howard Wallowitz. Simon Helberg. Simon Helberg, thank you. So, it was... I don't even remember how I ended up finding it. I'm pretty sure I was down some weird YouTube hole. And <laughs> as you do. As one does, just goes down the YouTube hole. And I remember watching the first... They call them acts, because it's similar to, to a play. And I was like, what is happening? Neil Patrick Harris, from what I can remember, was somewhat of a big name. And I was like, what is this yeah from uh how i met your mother how i met your mother and oh, yeah. doogie hauser you know from when he was little and stuff like that so i was watching i was like what is happening and then they started singing which it really musicals are a hit or a miss for me and this one turned out to be a hit soundtrack fantastic i love all the songs the little dance numbers are so cute so, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, but I'll give you a quick synopsis. So, this stars Neil Patrick Harris as this villain trying to get into the evil league of evil, led by Bad Horse. Yes, it's actually a horse. Oh, the Thoroughbred of Sin. The Thoroughbred of Sin. I love this movie. <laughs> that, okay, That's a great subtitle. I don't care what anything else. So It's actually a line from the song. It is a line from the song. That's so, a beautiful line. So he's trying to get into the evil league of evil. He's doing little things here and there. He's robbing banks. He's plundering. He's not doing anything like huge. So <laughs> Petty crime, yeah. Pe petty crime. Um, yeah. Well, the guy's under the name Dr. Horrible. So... In real life, he likes to go to the laundromat, and he sees this girl, played by Felicia Day, named Penny, and he really wants to talk to her, but he's so damn awkward. <laughs> and it's so funny, because he tries to be really, you know, confident as Dr. Horrible, and he just can't bring himself to talk to her. So he sings a song about it, and then eventually he's trying to do this heist, he's trying to get Wonderflonium. There's a MacGuffin. Man. Yep. So he's trying to get Wonderflonium to build this freezer egg, which he also has a song about. No nope. stops time. Tell your friends. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and he ends up running into her as Dr. Horrible, and he's like, oh, I, I, I'm doing a thing. I can't talk to you right now. That's two R's. H-O-R-R. Yeah. So, um, then his plans get thwarted by Nathan Fillion's character, Captain Hammer, who is supposed to be the quote-unquote hero of the story, but he turns out to be this ginormous asshole. And, um, he ends up taking Penny, falling in love with her, and then Dr. Horrible has this unique revenge plot for him. And there's so many good songs in this movie. There's quote uh, again movie in, in air quotes but i actually enjoyed the storyline as well because it doesn't fall into quite a classic trope at the end but it was a really good time i recommend if you got a cool 45 minutes you're you know at the laundromat waiting for your laundry to get done the dryer's going 
Yeah, you know, you already spent all your quarters on the crane machines in there? Give it a watch. It's a whirlwind of a time, and the songs will be stuck in your head for days. True that. My favorite is called A Brand New Day. Yes. <laughs> One that I can't fully sing without tripping up. Oh, I can totally get through without it. Beginning Same. of that song is tough. <sighs> it only took me about 45 listens through to get through. Like with the, the lyrics once in front they of me start saying the only crime to complete incomplete was honestly a live. That bothers the hell out of me because I can't say this correctly. <laughs> you screwed up right there I know. talking. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I can't say much because this was, Dr. Horrible is literally my first cosplay I've ever done. And he did a great job, by the way. Thanks. And I've done like five versions of Dr. Horrible, the white costume. I've done the, the like hoodie and just walked around and people still got who I was because I was all, because apparently I look like Billy Boy. Uh, Billy Buddy. Um, apparently I look like Nathan, not Nathan Fillion. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Harris when I have a beard. Um, and now that my hair is short again, apparently I look like Neil Patrick Harris again. Um, but yeah, it's one of those that I will walk around conventions, like just in a suit and I'll still get Nathan. Damn it. Neil I keep wanting to say Nathan Fillion. I, I've also cosplayed him, but, um, yeah, I will walk around like in a suit as a different character right, and I'll get, Hey, you're that, you're that dude from, uh, you know. The How I Met Your Mother, you know, uh, Barney, right? Barney. <laughs> I'm like, I can see it. I am just in a suit. <laughs> That's it. You, you're, wearing, you're wearing a dark suit. I can see it. I yeah. just did like a random suit. But, but yeah, I absolutely love Dr. Horrible. Great movie. Soundtrack. I always kind of Slaps. <laughs> yes. I always forget it's a movie because I did watch it originally as it was releasing. So mm -hmm. I do see it as a web series. But... The fact that, yeah, it is a movie, and it has been released on CW a few times as, like, mm -hmm. a, a big thing. Has not gotten a theatrical release, I don't think. I no. don't think they've ever done that. They've put it on Netflix, but it's never actually made its way to theaters. Yeah. I would love to see it in theaters. Hell, I would go see that. Right. right? And as one that has bought the DVD... Fathom Events, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> I have the DVD, and the one of... I mean, the thing... The actual show itself is amazing, but the commentary is awesome. Because it's a musical. <laughs> and it's called Commentary of the Musical, and it's absolutely hilarious. So, um, for those I'm, of you who have my DVD, you should watch it. I'm the I'm the odd man out. I have not seen this at all. The only thing I've heard is what you y'all have said. And honestly, I probably won't see it more out of just disinterest and a little bit of just stubbornness. More out of spite, because you all suck. Pretty much. That makes me so sad. Right, because you're missing out on such an awesome... Yeah, but a lot of it sounds like it's either a musical... Thoroughbred of sin. That is a great line. I will not in any way dispute listen, that. Listen, listen, listen. There's my, Dead Jefferson. Come on. My favorite song, Brand New Day, the, one of the lines is, Her tears will dry when I hand her the keys to a shiny new Australia. Okay. It's just a great time. A bunch of stupid lines put together in song. And it's Joss Whedon. It is Joss Whedon. Oh, that doesn't... I mean, yeah, sure, I enjoyed Buffy for the most part, but... Did you like Avengers? <sighs> that really doesn't mean anything, Tom. Besides which, one, it sound, musicals are always kind of hit and miss with everybody. Yeah. And two, it sounds like it's a lot of awkward comedy because he's socially awkward and when he's yes. not the doc, and that really is not my jive. Uh, does it it's, make you feel awkward inside, too? No, it just makes me annoyed. Mm. It's one of the it's one of the reasons aside from that I don't care for Michael Sarah that I don't oh, really is, have any interest he's the in the epitome Scott of awkwardness. He, is. he won't even try Scott Pilgrim because he doesn't like 
Michael Sarah. Which is the major part, but the also part is the, is the fact that the character he is is kind of awkward. Yeah. Like, when I walk when I walk past when it was on, I've seen a couple lines like, oh, that's funny. But on that, it's like I don't want to sit down and watch it. I don't yeah. like awkward humor. It's one of those ones that doesn't make it awkward. It just makes me annoyed. Mm. I immediately think of the breakup scene with knives. That is the most awkward oh, scene. Oh, it's and so God, is that awkward. It's, but it's beautifully shot. I love the way they shoot and edit that scene, but God is it awkward. But <laughs> I will give you that. Well <laughs> oh, you, damn. you were in the theater with me when I saw Baby. Yeah, and you kept plugging ears. I'm like, what's hate, going on here? I hate those sort of scenes, and that's yeah. it's. I don't like that I do that, but it's like it's it's really stupid. But I will block my ears because I don't like the awkwardness. That's the thing that hits it early for me. That doesn't for you, which I'm glad for you. Trust me, I'm glad for you on that. But He's I don't glad like that we can we can be awkward. We can awkward. suffer through the like I I do enjoy New Girl quite a bit, but that is mm. all awkward comedy. The entire show is just Joey De- Deschanel being awkward. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like I don't find that funny. Yeah, I and that's me. Sister, a little bit more. And I, I didn't want to get off. Like Anyways, I didn't Joey want to go off on a tirade. I didn't want to bring it down. That's that's my take on it. Why I probably won't watch it though. It yeah. does. I will one hundred percent say it sounds amazing. There's a, that that line, "Thoroughbred of Evil." That's great. Thoroughbred sin. Sin. sin, sin. That's sin. great. Like the bad horse song. I well, think he'll you make you his mayor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So make the bad horse gleeful, gleeful or he'll make you his mare. Yes. Yep. That um, sound that, yeah. like, like I think you would get a kick out of the bad horse song. Then you know what? Maybe I'll look that up tonight. Yeah. Uh, just just I, listen I to the soundtrack. Just I think you just genuinely enjoy this entire You know, skip movie. skip Penny's song cuz her song kind of sucks. I don't I don't uh, okay. song. It's like one or two lines and yeah. it's a different writer. I, I don't like her too much either. She it depends on what she's in. I enjoyed her in Eureka. I didn't really care for her as much in Dr. Horrible. She was just kind of like Mousy, lackluster. Mousy, 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 supernatural. Supernatural. Fantastic. It's and Charlie, then, Charlie, um, yeah. love Charlie. And then Mr. Eureka. Science Theater. Also. Oh yeah. As the new, uh, Forrester. Yeah. yeah. Eureka. She was interesting, but I loved her in the guild. Yes. You loved the, the guild. guild. I absolutely love the guild. But to wrap this up and then wrap up the entire thing we've been talking about mm. for me, <laughs> one of the ones I consistently go back to as still pretty good, especially when you even compared to theatrical releases, is a Scooby-Doo movie. And I say A1, a Scooby-Doo movie, because there's been like eight that have not been in the- seen the theatrical releases. You've got some in like the late 80s, like Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Remember those? So the 80s. Nope. Yeah, those are late 80s. I'm dead serious. But the one I'm talking about is the four that came out starting 1998 to about 2005, I want to say. Those are the ones I know. Yep. The one in particular that I'm talking about is the first one, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Which is the best one. It is. The Witches one is a close second, though. It's real close. It's got Tim Curry. We love Tim Curry. Yeah, but that's that's a close second. The other two, honestly forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a cyber chase and then the other one. Uh the aliens. Yeah. The Native yeah, American yeah, aliens. Yeah. Because yeah. It, no, but the one I want to focus on is Zombie Island. Hilariously enough, if you've seen if you've seen the live action one, that follows very similar. Except instead of demons trying to inhabit people, it's zombies. Interesting. Cat and and cat people. Because yes, what? Kajit? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty wrong. much. You are not wrong. 
every time I hear cat people, I either think Khajiit or Tabaxi. Well, so. yeah, because you're you're nerd. a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a it, nerd. <laughs> I think wear leopards, so I mean, there's, the, my that, there's that too. <laughs> but it's it's weird because in the beginning they they've basically been broken. <laughs> the gang's been broken up for about a year. Daphne's a journalist now with with Fred as her as her camera guy. I'm dead serious. What? She's a news. She's like a news anchor with uh, Fred as her camera guy on the spot. I'm <laughs> I'm completely serious. I cannot remember what Velma was, but she's a librarian. I can. I, I mean, probably. I can see it, it's but been I don't. Years. I need to watch Scooby it again. Because you're probably working a photo booth. Yeah, they go around doing they stuff. Have a distillery I and they. Uh... It wouldn't surprise me. A farm of some kind. A farm that oh, grows certain it, plants. Yeah. I was thinking it was a photo hut that um, they happen to work with a certain uh, Tommy Chong. You're going for a joke? No. <laughs> so <Shut> it, <laughs> Sorry, so that's a 70 show reference. They, I can't remember how, but they all get together and go down to the Bahu in Louisiana. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, it it goes it starts going south and south in the best way to find out about basically what's supposed to be a haunted house and zombies and prior and unlike every other like cartoon from Scooby Doo you can remember it's not a, a crazy old man Jenkins in a mask. They're zombies. Oh, <laughs> it's legit. They are zombies risen from the dead to take revenge against. They are pirates. Who came and conquered the? I think it's an island they're on. It's a zombie island, yeah. Yeah, so it's an island. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's actually an archipelago, but oh. yeah. Shut up. <laughs> but they go to it, and <laughs> the pirates come, plunder, and then send like chase all the people of the indigenous tribe into the water to get eaten by crocodiles. Mm. Oh, it's it dark. is. It is messed up. But the two survivors. These two women that these two women pray to their cat god and transform into cat monsters and drain the life of the of the pirates. I'm, it's and it's like a weird cat werewolf thing. They are, they are cursed then with immortality as so long as they occasionally like every clean themselves with their tongue year <laughs> year or two under the full moon or month or two I don't remember something to do with the full moon proceed to drain people. And this has been going on for a couple hundred years. And it just turns that whole thing of, uh, oh, it's creepy, scary, but it's old man Jenkins with a tax fraud. It's like, no, 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 no. This is straight up. They've been murdering people to survive because their entire people got slaughtered by pirates. And <laughs> it's also got a complete banger of a song. Terror Time Again, I want to say. Is uh, it's Terror one? Time Again. Yeah, it's Terror yeah. Time Again. A hard rock song that plays over the chase scene involving uh, Shaggy and Scooby. It is such an awesome song. <laughs> and it's so stupid. You but disagree, Tom? I don't know. I've never seen it. Okay. Because you've had this look of like, nope, nope. Well, he, he, I've never seen a Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, uh, there's... I would I would recommend Ghoul School, Reluctant Werewolf, and Zombie Island. On Zombie Island, 100%. All three are great. Or rather, if I have seen one, couldn't tell you if I remember seeing it. Once we're done with this, I'm playing you the song because it's an awesome song. But no, it's like, it honestly, the it's so fun having grown up with those old Hanna-Barbera movie, movies. I love the and cartoons. the cartoons. Mm -hmm. It's like, I watched Scooby, you know, Scooby-Doo meets... 
Batman and Robin meets the Globetrotters. I watched all those episodes and oh my God, laughed at how absolutely stupid they were. <laughs> but it's like I watched all that, and then when I was when I was eight, it it was something new that came out. It wasn't it wasn't an old school cartoon that had been run through syndication forever. It was like no, this is new, and it's like the quality of the animations top notch for, for, its, for time. its time. It is not great nowadays, and yeah. some some of the stuff they pay homage to, so I can understand yeah. it. But the writing in it is fantastic. Even though it's just just listening to us talk about, it, you're probably like, "What are these people on?" It's a really good show for if you're a little kid and you're enjoying, you know, cat werewolves. I still say it's good now, but then again, I'm I'm some of the, I'm one of those people who can kind of turn off the whole "this is stupid" more often than not, which is hilarious because I can't get through dramas. <laughs> figure that point out but no it's like the 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 sketching the animation looks really good it's a beautiful color palette really deeper colors than those old cartoons used to get mm-hmm. and the soundtrack in not even just the premiere song from it but the rest of the soundtrack's pretty appropriate smash mouth is probably on there somewhere i wouldn't be surprised i can't remember that might, be, that might be one of the other, the later ones, though. In fact, I seem to remember each one had its own signature hard rock song, because the Witches one also had a good one. I mean, that, the, the Hex Girls were the so Hex good. Girls. The Hex Girls, that was right. They were awesome. They were. But it... Yeah, it was, you, you got Can you one. dance like a hippogriff? And it's like, that's really weird and out of, out of place. Yeah. <laughs> but it... I still think... I will gladly pop that in. I, I'll probably pop that in this week because I remember just enjoying the hell out of it. Just nostalgia time. It, it's nostalgia time again. Mm-hmm. But Nostalgia time again. Come on, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a good point to wrap all of that up. Um, and ask you, Jenny. Yes. About the homework you picked out last week. Okay, so... I chose Lost in Translation, which was Devin's pick. Thank you, Devin. You're welcome. Um, mostly because he said the words Japan, and I was sold. And um, so I popped this movie in. It's it's not super old. It's older. Like it's 2003, I think. Three or four, somewhere in Three or four, there. somewhere yeah. in there. So popping it in, you know, I knew ScarJo was in it, but I've only seen ScarJo as Black Widow. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. subsequent thereof. So seeing very young very like more timid scarjo whole new world for me it was really interesting even her voice like the smallest details were so different from who i know she is now did you expect a gun to pop up or was it that big a distance i mean it was yeah it, it almost looked like i wasn't even watching scarlett johansson it was like a whole new actress so that was like okay taking a little minute to get used to that all right cool 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 and just settling into the movie they're in Tokyo. It's Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, and they're at separate areas, and they kind of have their own little story going on, and then they eventually meet and become friends. It's like, okay. So the first little bit of the movie was kind of like, okay, setting up the backstory, getting to where we're going, where is this going, where is this going, where, where is this going? And then it just kind of <laughs> fizzled out for the most part. The scene with Bill Murray's character sitting in the chair shooting the whiskey commercial was epically hilarious to me. Um, mostly because I speak Japanese and I understood everything the guy was saying. So, for those of you who don't know, it's also on Wikipedia if you want to look up a more direct translation, but 
Um, in the scene, the Japanese director is trying to tell him that he wants him to look into the camera as if he's seeing an old friend. And this translation is very important. And the interpreter goes, he wants you to look into the camera. And Bill and Murray's like, that's, that's all he said? You sure, you sure that's all he said? And he just reiterates like how he wants him to do it. And the, the interpreter's just not doing a great job. So that scene was very funny to me. Oh. But after that, it just it just kind of fizzled out. You get the backstory with Bill Murray. He's got a family. He's an actor. He's kind of fizzling out in the acting scene. Uh, Scarlo- ScarJo's character, Charlotte, is like a, somewhat of a newlywed, like married for like two years. Her husband's a photographer. They're going around. She's kind of trying to find herself, which is fine, which is great. They end up meeting at the bar, talking. She invites him to go out with her friends. And then things get a little wild and crazy. He's like, okay, this is what it's like to, you know, be wild and crazy. And she's still trying to find herself. And then he ends up sleeping with the singer from the bar. And like, okay, I don't see what that has to do with anything. If anything, it seemed to be leading into the fact that they were going to get together, but they both knew it was wrong. So instead of him going directly for Scarlett Johansson's character, he leans to this other person that happened to be there for a solid 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, then they go their separate ways to the end of the film. And so my conclusion is this film would have been better as a play, if anything, having that kind of like play type ending where nothing really happens. They just go their separate ways. <laughs> there was at the very, very end, Bill Murray's character whispered something, but no one knows what it was. That's highly debated even nowadays, isn't no, it? The director doesn't even know what it was. It was an improv scene. Mm-hmm. So then the movie ends in the credits play. I'm like, wait, did I did I miss part of it? Uh, I don't know what happened. Okay, cool. So essentially, this movie just blue balled me. <laughs> Whatever that is for women, <laughs> that's that's what it felt like to me. And uh, yeah, so started off somewhat strong and then just fizzled. Candle blew out. Nothing happened. Meh. But the end of yeah. a dying candle. Oof. It's a lot of build-up, like, a lot of character study, and then kind of just, okay, back to our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Yeah, but then I looked online, and it had so many glowing reviews, and I'm like, why? Why is it have reviews? Why is this so good? Why does this have awards? I don't understand it, but... Welcome to a lot of the movies that I hear Devin talk about. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not a big movie buff. I'm not a huge, like, looking into every detail. I'm just... I watch a movie, I like it, I don't like it, here's my favorite part, whatever. So after watching Lost in Translation is when I turned to the space between us and I felt immensely better. (laughs) And then I looked up the reviews for the space between us and it was poor. I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm just on the wrong side of the movie biz. Maybe, you know, I'm just not cut out to be a movie critic, fine. No, no, critics look for something very different from what you and I would look for. But it just kind of, yeah, didn't do a whole lot. But this, I was, I was starting to not like it when they were kind of like thinking about getting together. Possibly, like it was hinted, like he's gonna cheat on his wife, she's gonna cheat on her husband. I'm like, no, don't do that, because I love movies that have like a strong moral compass, and that is very far from the moral compass. So because of that, this week the boys are gonna give me a, a movie with a fantastic moral. What do you got for me? Mm, saving Private Ryan. But <laughs> this one was tough because a lot of mine are like they tell stories or they have interesting characters and then they 
a lot of them don't have like that button moral. So the the big question is, do you want a moral or a good story? I mean, one of one <laughs> no, of my no. favorites is like secondhand lions. It teaches you to like you know to really listen to people, especially older people, because their lives are you know exciting sometimes (laughs) we're not talking about force but like it it teaches you like hey you know respect your elders listen to them things like that like listen to people when they talk to you and actually get to know them they're on a farm in the middle of nowhere and he's helping out his two uncles grand uncles i want to say grand uncles grand uncle yeah so you know he kind of learns like how to live in that type of world. And I really just love that that powerful feeling gives you at the I'm, end. I've got three ideas. I need to ask you if you've seen them, basically. Uh-huh. First one is Bruce Almighty. Is that the one with Jim Carrey or the other dude? Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, I've seen Jim the Carrey. The other one was Evan Almighty. Evan I, with, I, what's his name? Ben Steve, Steve Carell. Steve, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. I yeah. wouldn't tell you that one. Yeah. Bruce Almighty is the far superior movie. Yeah. But that is not saying much can, with Evan Almighty. Yeah. Okay, then. I kind of figured that. Yeah. The second one I have to ask about is Blast from the Past. Don't mm. know what that one is, but I'm assuming Brendan it's about Fra- Brendan Fraser. Blast from the Past. And Alicia's... Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Steele's Silverstone. Mm. That one is a fun ride. Christopher okay. Walken. Though, actually, you say you haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Then you know what? That'll be, my, that'll be my pick. What do you think it is, just from the sound of that A title? blast from the past. Hmm. I mean, Christopher Walken is always fantastic. He's so, fun. He's fun in this one. I'm, I'm sure it's something relating to something that he does in his life that comes back around in whoever else is in the film and teaches him or, or her some kind of lesson. Something like that. Okay. It is it is a nineteen ninety-nine American romantic comedy. Okay. Based on a story. Uh-huh. It focuses on a naive 35-year-old man, Adam Weber, played by Brendan Fraser, who spent his entire life living in a fallout shelter with his parents, watching reruns of I Love Lucy and the Honeymooners, and listening to things like Perry Como and Dean Martin. And then something happens that forces Weber out into the world to interact and get supplies to bring back. Oh, okay. So think (laughs) think Fallout. Think Fallout, essentially, without the actual Fallout happening. (laughs) Okay. All right. I can get behind that. It's a fun romp. All right. Who else wants to give me one? All right. Uh, you want rock, paper, scissors this time? <laughs> oh, man. I think I lost. Mm. I have three that I'm trying to decide between. I mean, you can ask me if I've seen them. Oh, I have three as well. <laughs> wow, we've got a lot of answers because this I'm trying is to figure out which one. one's the first one I want to say, though. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to stay away from, like, the give me a comedy, give me a horror. Here, I'll tell you what. I'll go yeah. first because she already knows my first one. Uh-huh. True. So, my first one that I have to ask Chef Is it about a chef? Yes. Wow, nailed it. Right? So, uh, I have it since I have the uh, box for it sitting right here. You're welcome. Yep, thank you. Uh, it stars um, whew, an all-star cast. John Favreau leads a hilarious all-star cast, including Sofia Vergara, Scarlett Johansson, John Leguizamo, Bobby Cannavale, Dustin Hoffman, Oliver Platt, Robert Downey Jr., and a young actor named MJ Anthony in this deliciously entertaining comedy about starting from scratch. 
uh, when gifted chef Casper suddenly quits his demanding job at a trendy L.A. restaurant, he's on his own to pick up the pieces of his once promising career. Finding himself in Miami, he decides to team up with his successful ex-wife, best friend, and son to launch a no-frills food truck business. Taking note, uh, to the road, Carl reignites his passion for the kitchen and along the way discovers a renewed zest for life and love. Okay. Okay. All right. So, first of all, I take it you have not seen that movie. No. Okay. <clears throat> so that's uh, our pick. You want to go with that one? Yeah, we'll go with that one. Okay. I just remember there's another one I could have said, bedazzled. <laughs> all right, Devin. Uh, have you seen Perks of Being a Wallflower? No, but I've heard so many good things about it. Okay. What do you know about it? Um, it's awkward. Um, is this a Michael Sarah? He is awkward. No. Uh, Logan Lerman. Okay. Kind of, but no. Um, Dude like Percy Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I know it's awkward, and I know a lot of people like it. I don't really know anything about, like, its actual plot synopsis. Okay. I mean, a wallflower is a wallflower, so... Yeah. Between that and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, <laughs> just to throw something batshit insane <laughs> at you, but That's I think a... I'll stick with Perks of Being a Wallflower because it is overall a better movie. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of it is Logan Lerman is entering high school, so it is set in high school, starring Logan Lerman, Emma Watson, and Ezra Miller, the new mm -hmm. Flash. Yep. Also, uh, Kevin, and we need to talk about Kevin. Because, uh, wow, is that a messed up movie. Anyway, moving on. Um, so, Logan Lerman is quite a dude. Uh, something happened during the summer, you don't really know what, and it's not really told to you until later in the movie. Okay. So I won't spoil that. Uh, he goes in, and he's quiet, and then he kind of befriends Ezra Miller's character and befriends Emma Watson's character. And it's basically, like, his development getting out of his own shell. Mm. Becoming a person. And, like, oh, no. it's a coming-of-age, that whole coming-of-age thing, and, like, now yeah. he's becoming his own person. Mm -hmm. And it's... It has, uh, like, a lot of themes that you don't expect to see in a movie like this. Mm. But it is one of the best written, like, and acted movies I've seen in a long time. Mm. And, like, the three of them are a damn good trio. Mm. Uh, and there, there's a bunch of supporting characters. I think Paul Rudd is, like, one of his teachers. And, mm. you know, it's, it's one of those that has a lot of really, really good moments. And it is just a unbelievably well-written movie. Hmm. So based on a book that I haven't, I haven't read, so. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I really, I would love to watch Perks Being a Wallflower just because so many people have recommended it to me already. However, James's actually sounded the most interesting with what? the guy coming out the bunker, seeing the world for the first time. So I think I'm going to go with Blast from the Past. Yeah, and I'll let y'all know what I think next week. We're gonna have to figure out how to find that. I don't think I have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. We will place. get it somehow. It, I, it's got. It's an older movie. It's gotta be in something. Yeah. We'll go to good old family video. Yeah, that's a thing. Jeez. They even have CBD oil now. Not sponsored. Wait, what? Yeah. Without no. the THC, without the THC in it. That's. Then what's the point? Apparently, it has medicinal purposes. So anyway, you tune in next week to see what we think after we end up finding this movie on whatever I, I, we're going to find it. If you want, when we hang out next, we can rent it for three ninety nine through Voodoo. All right. Sounds <laughs> like a game plan. So, 
you know, the wrap of this whole thing, what's coming out this coming weekend? Uh, well, movies coming out this week is Men in Black International, Shaft. Shaft. And The Dead Don't Die. Um, I'm starting to. I'm looking forward to Men in Black. I'm going to see Shaft, and I'm going to see Dead Don't Shaft. Die. Sorry. I'm curious about Men in Black and the second one you said. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tom won't be joining us next week because reasons. <laughs> I've never been a huge Men in Black fan just because I'm not a huge Aliens fan, but to see it with new people, Chris Hemsworth and um, Tessa, Thompson? Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson should be an interesting twist on it. Well, they've got great they've got great chemistry. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I love the way they bounce off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that one that one should be good. The Dead Don't Die, another zombie movie. I'm curious. But it's got a pretty interesting cast, and that's the only reason it looked intrigued. Interesting cast and a very odd director. What's, like, a very deadpan comedian director. So mm-hmm. what, again, was the whole plot for that one? I don't remember. The cop and his partner and the dead come back to life. But oh, so it's a buddy cop movie set there in the apocalypse? It's a buddy cop movie, and it's Adam Driver as the partner and Bill Murray as the cop. Crap, and that does Swinton's, like... Um, masseuse that knows martial arts and there's like a really good cast so the and Jim Jarmusch is the director and I think he's a really funny uh, director that actually sounds kind of interesting kind of creepy and so we're getting Tilda Swinton from the uh, Doctor Strange movie gotcha yeah I, I don't know it's one of those that it could either be great or just absolute garbage because it's one of those that I'm guessing Jarmusch's humor doesn't mix with the zombie genre all that well we'll find so out so we'll see but I don't know. I'm I'm curious about it. I really want to see Men in Black International. You don't want to see Shaft? Shaft. Why are you saying? Because, oh. doing this? because he's like a parrot. We don't need that. No, he's like a psycho. <laughs> no, anybody who's seen the TV show. No, that doesn't matter. They don't. You have to do it for every goddamn time, Doc. Yeah, every time they say Shaft, Shaft. you must say Shaft. I'm gonna start being you instead of him because you're you're an enabler. That's what you're doing. You're enabling right now. Gary King and the Neighbors. Write that down, Tom. Gary anyway. King and the Neighbors. Uh, and then next week, uh, Toy Story Four and Child's Play. Woo. Fantastic! Them coming out on the same yeah. week. Yeah, yeah Mark Hamill. Not like that was planned. Kind of curious on Child's Play. Eh. Toy Story. I'm gonna see Toy Story Four. Yep. Same here. No problem. It it I just stop. That's all I have to say. Just stop milking this Two. it's already out of milk all the people are grown up <laughs> the, cow, the cow is dead stop it <laughs> well let's be, this time it's not about the kid so much i don't and even care two ended on a happy note that was good enough for me i i legitimately haven't seen three yet three to me is my favorite of the series i think three is just very it's very also well the done. saddest isn't that a coincidence no no oh, <laughs> true art is sad at least if I listen to any critic ever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Can't have a happy movie. <laughs> no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Anyway. No nope. true that. But uh then I'm I'm curious about child's play. I haven't my in my horror binge that I've been doing, I haven't got back into the child's play series. I don't think I've touched a Chucky movie. The only thing that I'm curious about is Mark Hamill playing the voice of Chucky. <laughs> We're gonna get Joker? I'm fine with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I need the rest of the movie to be good. If it's one decent voice acting in a crappy movie, who cares? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, but I'm just intrigued to see him or hear him play that part. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, that's the movies coming out. Um, I'm sure there's other direct-to-DVD, direct-to-streaming stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, release stuff. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff we didn't cover, but hey, what else? The biggest one's probably going to be uh, Man in Black. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll be back on Toy Story next week. Yeah. Man in Black, yeah, Man in Black this week's definitely going to be the biggest what, one. you don't think Shaft? Shaft. Is going to do all that well? No, I think it's going to drive me insane, <laughs> Devin. Slowly, what surely. Is? Okay. All right. Samuel L. Jackson as Samuel L. Jackson will drive me insane. Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel And the original Jackson dude is the original Jackson. Shaft? Shaft. Okay. <laughs> All right, and we're going to end this now before we shoot ourselves. <laughs> the cow is dead, Devin. <laughs> Fine, give us the Shaft. Shaft. <laughs> this has been the In The Can podcast. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media that we haven't made yet. We have Facebook for now. Maybe eventually we get a Twitter. Oh, that sounds like your job. Watch. Right? It Watch. does sound like my job. Watch more movies, people. Enjoy your day. All right. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.